Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome again to Gamble On, a weekly gambling podcast presented by usbets.com. I'm Eric Raskin, U.S. Bets Managing Editor and Media Director, and I'm joined by our senior analyst, Pulitzer Prize finalist, John Brennan. We took a week off last week because I had a little family vacation planned, and it's my understanding, John, that you quit your journalism career and became a professional golf better while I was away. Can you confirm this? Uh, well, uh, no and yes. Uh, they say write what you know, and uh, I guess I'm learning that a gambler should probably bet what they know. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I've been in a uh, PGA Tour golf pool for a few years and uh, uh, done fairly well, and uh, so it keeps me on top of that sport. And a couple of weeks ago, I noticed that Brooks Kepka had a two-shot lead in the PGA Championship, uh, one of the majors, entering the final round, but he was 6-1 to one with one round to go. And I seemed like easy money, and it was. And then a week later, there was a lesser tournament, and a guy named Brant Snedeker, who was a, kind of a top-level golfer playing at the top field, took a lead on Thursday. I took him. I doubled down on Saturday, and he won. It's pretty easy. Um, had a mixed result last weekend, but um, you know, I, I learned that uh, – in DraftKings now, you can pick a sort of win place and show for a golfer. Mm. So uh, he's going to win at this price. He's going to top five at this price or top 10 at this price. And uh, that seemed like very enticing. And uh, he actually finished tied for fifth. So I got the sort of uh, win in place uh, money. And so that went well. Um, kind of made a mistake on Jason Day on Friday afternoon at 11 to 1 uh, because uh, he was close. But then uh, – I realized that later on the, the score is going to go low and he's going to finish further behind. And uh, I learned about the cash out option, <laughs> sort of buyer's remorse. You, right. you put uh, you put 100 down and in 30 seconds they say, well, you can cash out for 90. <laughs> and I was tempted because I didn't like what my pick was, but I didn't. Uh, I was surprised on Sunday morning he was hopelessly out of it. And they basically offered 10 cents on the dollar. And I said, boy, that's 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 it. And that was actually enough for me to make a small profit on the weekend. So I'm still trying to figure out how to spend my 11 cents uh, profit. <laughs> I know how you can spend it. Next time we meet up in person, drinks are on you. Sounds good. <laughs> um, and I mentioned there that I was on vacation last week, and there was good news and bad news. Uh, the bad news is I came down with a case of vertigo and spent the first night of my trip in the ER and the next two days drugged up and mostly sleeping, which I guess uh, could be seen as good news, but uh, it was intended to be described as bad news. Uh, the good news is 
I was vacationing in Delaware, where online gaming is legal, and I finished $82 ahead for the trip. Uh, so maybe actually drinks should be on me. Uh, however, um, I'm still jumping through hoops trying to get Delaware Park to process my withdrawal. If any uh, Delaware Park employees are listening, uh, I'm not thrilled with the way your website tries so hard to frustrate customers until they give up on withdrawing their money. Uh, th- this ain't some illegal offshore outlet here. Shouldn't be this challenging. Uh, but okay, uh, rant over. Thanks uh, to all of you for joining us for episode number four and for finding some way to survive one week without Gamble On. If you missed any of our previous podcasts, they're available at soundcloud.com slash gambleonpodcast. And you can also find us on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app where you can subscribe so you never miss a single episode. Well, you know, later in the show, we're, we're going to be joined by Matt Stetz, the COO of Rush Street Interactive. Uh, he's going to talk about the new Play Sugar House Sportsbook and assorted other online gaming topics. Uh, but we have a couple of other segments to get to first, and we have a cool brand new audio bumper for each segment. So take it away, audio bumper. Here's your Gamble On News of the Week, an inside look at the biggest stories in the world of gambling. All right, we start the news segment with a very mainstream sports gambling story, a controversial and polarizing topic, which is often what happens when politicians get involved. Senator Chuck Schumer made a statement in support of a federal framework governing sports betting. He said his priority, quote, is making sure the integrity of the games we love is preserved, that young people and those suffering from gambling addiction are not taken advantage of, and that consumers that choose to engage in sports betting are appropriately protected. With the Supreme Court's ruling, it's incumbent on the federal government to take a leadership role and provide the necessary guidance to prevent uncertainty and confusion for the league, state governments, consumers, and fans alike, end quote. Uh, So Schumer is echoing what the sports leagues have been asking for as they pursue a direct cut of the action. And not surprisingly, the NBA... MLB, NFL, NCAA, and PGA Tour all came out in support of Schumer's position. However, the American Gaming Association countered, quote, the casino gaming industry shares Senator Schumer's goal in preserving the integrity of sporting events and providing consumer protections. Federal oversight of sports betting was an abject failure for 26 years, only contributing to a thriving illegal market with no consumer protections and safeguards. New federal mandates are a non-starter. The casino industry is working with stakeholders to ensure the proper protections for consumers and the integrity of bets and sporting contests are included in state policy, universally implemented by all operators in those states and overseen by effective state and tribal gaming regulators, end quote. And before I hand it over to you for comment, John, I'll read this tweet from ESPN's David Payne Purdom asking, do sports leagues believe they were adequately protecting the integrity of their sports when Americans were betting hundreds of billions of dollars for decades in an unregulated market? Uh, so that is at the crux of the hypocrisy here. H- how do you feel about all of this, John? And is this actually going anywhere? Do you see federal oversight in sports betting's future? Uh, well, am I being cynical if I note that many of these sports organizations are based in New York State, <laughs> where <laughs> Senator Schumer represents, uh, and even right. New York City? Right. Uh, also, much of the discussion of U.S. gambling, right, seems to be if Nevada had not had legal sports gambling for 70 years, um, I think a lot of the conversation would make sense. It would be this brave new world, and what are we going to do? And if the U.K. hadn't been dabbling in this for uh, for far more advanced for more than a decade, mm-hmm. that would be different. But we, we know what happens and doesn't happen. Uh, yes, there have been scandals before. There will be scandals again. But uh, who spots these scandals many times? The Nevada casinos do. Yep. And they communicate with the leagues. And that's that has that's how that worked out. So the sort of integrity figure, the idea that uh, uh, there's this big problem of, of making sure there are no scandals is no different now than it was 
five years ago. The argument that an industry shouldn't get rich exploiting someone else's product, I think it's a far better argument. You know, the, these these uh, casinos and, and racetracks and, and even online products now, um, they do make money based on the results of events that someone else puts up money to to hold. So I think that's a better better concept. Uh, but that could solve once the league's partner with sports betting operators on sponsorships and advertising, as happens in the UK. So, mm-hmm. you know, this is almost a solution looking for a problem. And as far as your you know, likelihood, uh, you know, there, there, there's a lot of inertia here. While Senator Hatch on the Republican side is also supporting it. Um, so there's, there's some bipartisan sense of it. I mean, every other form of gambling in the United States is state by state, even high lie, even dog racing, lottery, casinos, horse racing, you name it. So, you know, for a uh, legislator or congressman who is not so engaged in this topic, that's going to be an easy question to put to them. Why does this have to be federal and the other stuff doesn't? Yeah, that's that's a, that's, that's a great question to pose to, to any of them. Uh, should they fall on, on the side of what uh, Senator Schumer and Senator Hatch are, are going for here? And I, I try not to get too political on this podcast, um, but it's impossible not to uh, get a little political when a politician is sticking his nose into our business. And I'll just say that Schumer has more pressing issues to worry about. He's under fire from his own constituency right now for clearing the path for 15 new judge appointments by President Trump. Um, You know, I'd like to see this go nowhere uh, and let our politicians focus on other things. Uh, You know, it's in the hands of the states. Let's see how the states do with it for a little while longer. They're just getting started, really. Uh, this this would be like giving the ball to your starting pitcher, and in the middle of the first inning, with no runners on base, you start getting action going in the bullpen because the reliever's agent lobbied with the coach a little bit. Uh, so, as as you said, every form of gambling in the U.S. Uh, is run by the states. Uh, why should this be any different? And, and to your point, I, I happen to be watching the New York Democratic uh, governor debate, uh, yeah. primary debate last night. And Cynthia Nixon, the actress from Sex and the City, was remarkably the first sort of uh, uh, speed round question near the end of the debate was, how do you feel about sports betting? <laughs> Which, I mean, as you say, not exactly the number one topic in, in New York State these days. And she clearly had not even thought about it. Nope. And <laughs> sort of said, oh, I got to think of, I'd have to think about it, I'd have to be study. But she tried to give an answer. She said, no, she's against it. But I, I didn't uh, take that as a negative on her campaign because obviously, yes, yeah, she's focusing on a lot of very crucial issues uh, to New York State residents, and she clearly had not thought about this one, and I, I didn't think that was a particular negative for her. Governor Cuomo was uh, very wishy-washy on the, the deal, by the way. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm thrilled, and you're thrilled that uh, the Supreme Court overturned PASPA. Uh, you know, that that was good for uh, for our livelihoods uh, and also just for this industry that, that we believe in, but the fact of the matter is, there are more important things going on in the world for uh, our courts, our politicians, et cetera, to, to focus on. When, when they do something good by gambling, fine, great. It should never be priority number one for anybody. Indeed. All right. Moving on to story number two, we waited and waited for a second mobile sports book in New Jersey. DraftKings was without competition for a few weeks before finally, last week, Play MGM and Play Sugar House joined in on the fun. And as we record this on Thursday afternoon, we have information that FanDuel's mobile sports book is coming any minute uh, to, to join the party as well. 
I think we're all surprised it took this long. Uh, I don't have to ask you, John, if you're surprised. Uh, and we'll be talking about this topic more with our guest uh, in a few minutes. But uh, what's on your mind in terms of the two new mobile sports books, uh, the FanDuel one that we know is coming, uh, and how are any of them going to separate themselves and distinguish themselves from the competitors? Well, this is tremendous news for consumers. I have to say, I, yeah. I kind of learned it writ large last week when my assignment was to go to all six Atlantic City Casino sportsbooks and, and, and check their prices on Giants and Jets futures. And frankly, while three are on the boardwalk and three are in the Marina District, uh, it took me about an hour and a half to get to all six books and actually see what their lines were. And the Giants were anywhere from 15 to 1 to 40 to 1, which is kind of amazing. Um, so there's, there's a real significant difference there, but you have to go brick and mortar and, and drive around or, or, or cab around. And uh, it's kind of frustrating. And now you're going to have, right, by the next week, you'll have at least four uh, options. And so differentiation for many people is literally going to be just the price. I mean, yeah. uh, they're all going to have probably uh, fairly good uh, interfaces. Um, you mentioned ease of withdrawal of money. That's going to be a factor, certainly, but mm -hmm. also uh, what the numbers are. So um, co competition like that, it's about the ultimate in free enterprise and it's great for the consumer. Yeah, absolutely. That that's really the key point is is uh, that that line shopping that we'll all be able to do. Um, you know, loyalty programs and bonuses and rewards are obviously very important, especially initially. Uh, and there is very detailed information uh, on what to look for there on usbets.com as well as sister sites uh, njonlinegambling.com and penbets.com. A lot of stuff about uh, the loyalty programs and the bonuses and and how that all works and what to look for. Um, but yeah, I. I definitely agree with what you were just saying that much more so than at the land-based venues lines will matter in the mobile space uh, you know if i'm in vegas with my friends uh, and we're staying at mgm grand we're going to bet at mgm grand we're not going to walk up and down the strip looking for slightly better odds uh, maybe we would do that if we were really big players you know, big time sharps uh, but beyond that it's just not worth trekking around but on your phone or your computer it's so easy to comparison shop. If it's plus 175 here, but it's plus 185 there, uh, I'll make the bet where it's plus 185. Um, so I, I think the mobile sports book that offers the smallest VIG and the most user-friendly lines, while still giving the house an advantage, of course, uh, will gradually emerge as the leader. No, no question. All right, moving on to our final story of the week. Sports betting went live uh, today, Thursday, surprisingly two days ahead of schedule uh, in West Virginia at the Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races. Uh, there are still some big plans for the more formal ceremony coming up on Saturday when Joe Theismann will be the celebrity guest. Uh, he will do something ceremonial at 11 a.m. and then the windows will uh, quickly reopen so people can get their bets in before the noon college football games start. Uh, and of course, the two West Virginia teams both play at 3.30 and then real live NFL games games come a week later, um, and it's a near certainty that none of the other four West Virginia casinos will be operational by the start of NFL Week 1. Uh, instead, the latest word from Danielle Boyd at the West Virginia Lottery is that more sportsbooks will open between mid-September and mid-October. Uh, regardless, uh, West Virginia is officially now state number five to take legal sports bets. Are you surprised only one casino made it a priority to get their ducks in a row uh, before September? Uh, I am a little bit um, because um, I think there are, the casual better will bet on any West Virginia football game. I mean, the first couple of weeks generally are not very uh, uh, entertaining, but um, they would still be tempted. So I, th I think that 
it's possible some of these casinos realize that the biggest money is going to come when the uh, league season starts. So uh, they, they didn't have to be there September 1st. But, yeah, notice two very different things here going on. Um, you mentioned West Virginia and Marshall, uh, for, particularly for maybe for basketball. Um, that's going to be big in West Virginia. In New Jersey, you can't bet on the on Rutgers or Seton Hall or St. Right. Peter's or Fairleigh Dickinson, my alma mater, or any of the other uh, New Jersey teams. And also uh, West Virginia is joining uh, Mississippi in not having uh, online sports betting. Um, it's for now. Really, for now, that's true. It's going to be very interesting to see. You know, there's big money to be made in online, but obviously uh, casinos – in many cases, uh, would figure to prefer that you have to go to their place. Although in New Jersey, there was an education in the last 10 years where the casino industry vehemently opposed any kind of online gambling, including online casino gambling. And eventually they realized it's a different customer and now they've embraced it. And really the bottom line of the New Jersey casinos uh, is won by online casino gaming and therefore online sports betting wasn't uh, so controversial in New Jersey after all. Yeah, everything I'm hearing actually seems to indicate that West Virginia will uh, will get on board with with the mobile stuff uh, eventually. But yeah, for the moment, uh, it's just a, a one land based casino uh, that, that's up and operational again two days ahead of the planned schedule. Um, and all that I'll add is uh, that on Saturday. Uh, when the, the college football games get going and the first losing bet comes in on the day and some better is, is pissed about losing money, Theismann, watch your legs. Uh, maybe maybe bring in uh, Joe Jacoby or, or Russ Grimm, uh, bring them along with you for protection would be my advice. I'm still wincing remembering that hit. Uh, poor Joe, <laughs> 30-something years ago, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's, I guess it's, uh, I want to say, a little over 30 years ago now, and it is still the first uh, reference anyone who remembers it goes to when thinking of a gruesome sports injury. Unfortunately, I was out at a sports bar with a giant screen. So uh, uh, back in the 80s. Uh, and so I saw it larger than most people did, which was Ooh, worse. Yeah. <laughs> so seeing it and hearing it uh, all, all all kind of uh, freakish. But uh, I think Joe's doing OK now. Ready to prove how smart you are and win some prizes? It's time for the Gamble On Trivia Question of the Week. Every week on the podcast, we ask a sports or gambling-related trivia question, and at the end of the month, we'll award a $25 Amazon gift card to one listener who has submitted a correct answer. All you have to do is tweet the correct answer to at US underscore bets, and make sure to include the hashtag GambleOn, and you'll be entered into the prize drawing. And this is our final episode of the month, last chance to try to win the August prize. Before we get to this week's question, though... We'll reveal the answer to last week's question. We asked, in the movie Swingers, when Mike and Trent go to Vegas and play blackjack, what is the minimum bet at the table at which Mike initially sits down? The answer is $100, and Mike only had $300 with him and learned a valuable lesson about playing above his bankroll. Always gamble responsibly, kids. Uh, What's this week's trivia question, John? Uh, Eric, we have a question about sports betting that involves a star athlete. What former NBA player won big by placing a $550,000 bet in Las Vegas in 2002 on the two-touchdown underdog Patriots to beat the Rams in the Super Bowl, which they barely did? Uh, You might have heard about this at the time. It was a newsworthy story. But even if you didn't hear about it, you might be able to make a good educated guess on this one. It's time to welcome a special guest from the world of gambling. Let's get to the Gamble On interview.
We are pleased to be joined now by Rush Street Interactive Chief Operating Officer Matt Stetz. Among Matt's duties is overseeing marketing and operations for PlaySugarHouse.com and other RSI properties. And just last week, Play Sugar House launched its New Jersey sports book. So there's a lot to talk about. Uh, thanks for joining us on the podcast, Matt. Thank you for having me. Uh, so I'll start by noting that it's been exactly a week since your mobile sports book launched in New Jersey. Uh, in our initial review of the app, we noted that it has great aesthetics and functionality, good deposit bonuses, and pretty much the same lines as DraftKings Sportsbook. No surprise since both apps use the same technology supplier, Canby. Uh, so the app is a week old. What has run smoothly so far? What hasn't? Have there been any big surprises? First of all, thank you for, for the nice words. Uh, we try very hard to have a very good user interface for our players. Um, I guess maybe the biggest surprise uh, to me is that everything has run smoothly so far. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, every time you launch something digital, you kind of uh, hope everything runs smoothly. And so far, everything has run smoothly. And I, I personally think that maybe... Our 12 different payment methods uh, have really helped us here in the beginning. Uh, customers seem to be able to get their money on and and place bets. So we're, we're seeing bets coming, coming across every day uh, and growing every day. So we're all happy about that. Uh, from the technology point of view, we were quite... Um, quite confident in, in everything running smoothly from the sportsbook point of view because we, as you know, uh, we already launched the sportsbook in the South American market in Colombia mm -hmm. in June this year. So we, we already integrated our sportsbook into the into our proprietary platform uh, some time ago now. So, so we were pretty confident that the technology side would be working smoothly. Right. And, and you said, you know, that it, the, the surprise, uh, if there is one, is that, uh, that there haven't been any, any hiccups. Now, you've been in, in this industry uh, in one form or another for, for over a decade, as I understand it. So uh, in launching other products in the past, uh, ha, is it often a little, a little bumpier out of the gate? There, I, I would say so. Uh, there's a lot of things that need to need to be right, but we have a very good technology team. So we're very fortunate to have that. But yeah, in, in, in my past, when I was working in Europe, every launch, you, you kind of were hoping for the best, but planning for the worst. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I can imagine that, Matt. I just think, uh, you know, if you open up a restaurant, you pretty much know there's neighboring restaurants and what their bottom line is and, and what your costs are. And you can kind of get a pretty good projection of what you're going to do. But with something like this, um, uh, do you guys have... Uh, confidence in numbers on how big your sportsbook can get, whether in terms of dollars or market share and, and how do you stand out from the crowd? I mean, or is, or, I mean, how much of a guessing game is it, frankly? <laughs> That's a very good question at this point. We, 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 like, like you guys said, we've been live for a week uh, and are so far very pleased with the, with the numbers we're seeing. Uh, of course, we have budgets and projections on what this can be, but like you said, it could, it, to some extent, it is a guessing game. Uh, even though we, we we could compare to other markets around the world and see relationship between casino online, how big the land-based business is, and how big sports could be in that pie. Uh, so we do have some projections. Uh, of course, we will review them as we get more data. Uh, but unlike, I read the other week uh, that... Uh, in Vegas, the sports betting industry is around 2% of the total uh, gambling uh, revenues. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that number is, 
is going to be very, very different in New Jersey. Um, and I'm sure it's you know much too soon to to share any uh, wins and losses and, and revenue numbers or anything like that. But I'm curious, could, have you been able to get any kind of an early sense of how what what people are betting on in terms of whether it's a lot more games versus futures versus in-game bets? Do you have an early look at at, at how the pie is being divided, or is it even too soon to really say anything on that front? Uh, I, I can share some. It's, it's quite interesting to follow day to day. Baseball is uh, is the biggest sport right now, which is not that surprising since it's the only one of the four big U.S. sports that's in regular season right now. We will see quite a lot of bets on college football, and I've already seen that today uh, as the season really starts tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, what could be slightly surprising to some is that uh, tennis is already the third biggest sport. Wow. Of course, we have the U.S. Open going on right now, and our experience from Colombia and from other markets that we know we have stats from is that tennis is really well-suited for in-game betting. Yeah. And uh, so the little surprising thing to me here is that how quickly it became such a popular sport. And, and really, uh, in the first two days of the U.S. Open, we saw about 70% of all the bets on tennis being in-game or live betting. Hmm. And uh, yesterday, it already jumped up to 75%. So that was quite impressive to me. Uh, wow. Of course, we had the Isner game going five sets, which is great for in-game betting when the game goes back and forth. So uh, overall, we're just below 50% in terms of in-game versus pre-game betting. Hmm. And to answer your question about what types of bets, futures or, or game bets, it's, it's mostly game bets okay. uh, in general uh, right now. Uh, Maybe we'll see something more next week just before the NFL starts. Or you can even bet on futures during the season, obviously. So, so right. the lines will change and then you can bet on futures. But mostly people, people want to bet on what, what's on tonight and, uh, and get the results. So, and that's so great about in-game betting as well is that you get the results quicker. Basically, you bet and you can have the result within 5-10 minutes. Or even on tennis, we even have the next point <laughs> right. on every match in the U.S. Open. So you basically will know within 30 seconds the result of your bet. So, Yeah, true instant gratification sports oh, betting yeah. there. <laughs> well, looking beyond sports betting and focusing on the whole online casino picture, what's it going to take for Play Sugar House to have the same success in Pennsylvania that you're having in New Jersey? And can you give us any insight on the likely time frame for online casino, poker, and sports betting launching in Pennsylvania? So starting with the first question there, our success uh, depends a lot about quality of our product uh, and our quality of our customer service. So this is what we focus on every day, trying to improve. We're trying to do different things to, to make our site a little bit different from everyone else. We I mean, right now in New Jersey, we have our, we are the only ones who have an integrated sportsbook and casino, for example. I'm sure others will follow, but that, that's something we have. We also have an integrated loyalty system. So if you place any sports bet you place or any bet on a slot machine or, or table game you place, you earn loyalty points and bonus points for that, that you then can get rewards for. Rewards for. Mm. So uh, things like that, that might sound Obviously, are are really small things that the players enjoy, and and we we need to keep on innovating, and that's that's the only way we we can create successes in new markets as well. So uh, the second question was about Pennsylvania. Uh, I mean, 
your guess is probably as good as mine <laughs> here <laughs> in that sense. But uh, we heard a few weeks ago or that end of this year, beginning of next year. But uh, like I said, it's uh, it's your guess is as good as mine. Okay. We're, we're preparing. We're preparing to participate online in the state. So right. So the and so the instant that the that there is that the go ahead is given, we can expect Play Sugar House to be am- among the first to to get up and running. That's our goal. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Matt. New Jersey allows for up to forty-two sports betting skins. Basically, you have nine Atlantic City casinos, three racetracks, and two sites of former tracks, and multiply by three, and you get to forty-two. Uh, how many do you think? you're going to wind up with and how much does that number impact whether you can be successful? I mean, are we going to get to 42? We're we going to get halfway there. And you know, what is, what, what impact does each additional competitor have on your bottom line? Oh, great question. And there was a lot of questions in there. I'll, I'll try to start with the 42. Currently, I think we have 18 casino brands in the market. So, and that's on 27 potential. No, sorry. That's five casino it's five casino licenses per, five casino brands per license. So that would be nine times five, 45. Oh, that's for online. Uh, for online that's for casino. online casino. It's exactly. Five, but online sports betting is is three. Yeah. Exactly. But but my point is here that on 45 potential casino licenses, we currently mm-hmm. have 18 brands. Mm. Okay. And so, comparing that to sports, I I personally think there might be more sports brands as a percentage of potential licenses or potential mm. brands. So maybe that number will creep over 20. I'm, I mean, I don't have any insight in what the competitors are thinking, but from what we're seeing in announcements, more of the European guys are trying to get into the New Jersey market now that sports betting is, uh, is legal and regulated. So again, it's a guessing game. Uh, but of course, for your second question, of course, the more brands, uh, the more crowded the market is, the more difficult it is to uh, to make money, obviously. But we are very focused on what we can do and what we can do better. This sounds like a sports cliche, <laughs> like I focus <laughs> on my game. Yeah. And as long as I focus on my game and improve my game, I think that I have a good chance to win. Uh, yeah, I guess the follow-up on that is, uh, you know, people tend to think that brick and mortar, there's this obvious com- competition. And, you know, like you saw five Atlantic City casinos close a few years back out of 12 because they couldn't handle the volume. And it's it's easily understood there are, are employees in the casinos and you have to pay them and all that. And then sometimes there's a perception of anything online. Well, you know, it doesn't really cost anything and, you know, everybody makes money. And so so how difficult might it be? Are, are some in five years, are there going to be some sites that have uh, sports betting sites that, online that have started and, and have failed or, or will they all pretty much at least hang on in some way or no no i think i think we will see players pulling out of the market uh for sure i've seen that in uh, in other regulated markets around the world I, i've seen um, what example can i think of denmark i think there was 24 applicants and then after two years six of them handed back the license or something i'm not sure about the exact mm-hmm. numbers but i've seen that i've seen mm-hmm. that in spain as well mm-hmm. so i i it, it is not as lucrative as, as, as people might think in terms of uh, profit margin in, in the online. There's a lot of, lot of middle hands that need to be paid as well in the online, uh, online industry. So the margins aren't like just setting up a website and, and, and think you, <laughs> you're going to make a 90% profit margin because that in, in sports betting, uh, the profit margins are typically 
uh, what would I say, maybe in the regulated market with tax rates uh, at 20% or 19 and a half roughly that New Jersey has, the, the profit margin will, will be quite slim in sports betting, to be honest. Well, really interesting stuff. We, we appreciate your, uh, your insights, Matt. Uh, so uh, thank you for, for joining us on the podcast. And uh, congratulations on a successful launch and successful first week with the, the sports book in New Jersey. And best of luck with everything ahead in this uh, very busy time in the online gaming space. Thank you very much. Two men. Two men. $10,000. Will they run it up or blow it all? It's time to check in on the Gamble On Bankroll. We start the Bankroll segment uh, with a roundup of our recent results. We didn't have a podcast last week, but two weeks ago, we went one for two on our NFL preseason bets. I put $110 on the Browns to cover against the Bills, but the Bills won 1917. Uh, Womp womp, as they say. Uh, Fortunately, uh, John put $110 on the Rams to cover a two and a half point spread against the Raiders, and they did uh, 19 to 15. So it was never never in doubt. They had a big lead, didn't they? And 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 they almost did. blew it. Yeah, had to <laughs> yes. watch that. Watch it getting closer and closer to that two and a half as the game went along. Uh, but collectively, we turned uh, two hundred twenty dollars into two hundred ten dollars. A perfect demonstration of why winning half your bets isn't good enough. Um, and also, may as well take this opportunity to update our long shot baseball bets that we made back in episode one. My hundred dollars on the Nationals isn't looking good. They've pretty much thrown in the towel on the season by trading away several top players. ESPN algorithm currently has them with a 5.5% chance of making the playoffs. John's $100 on the Brewers is looking better. Uh, they'd be the second wildcard team if the season ended today. All in all, we've lost $510 from our starting bankroll of $10,000. Uh, plus, we currently have $1,350 on hold on futures bets, meaning our roll stands at $8,140. And uh, now we'll get to this week's bets. Uh, yeah, Eric, uh, let, let's get a, a jump on NFL week one, uh, a little out of ourselves, but, but why not get something out early? Uh, I like the Jaguars minus three against the giants, um, being in the New Jersey marketplace. Um, uh, I see Eli Manning hasn't played much, um, which he doesn't have to, but, uh, Saquon Barkley, the running back hasn't been able to play very much. Uh, uh, Odell Beckham just signed his big contract. Um, and he hasn't been able to play too much. Um, their offensive line has struggled badly in the preseason. Um, I don't like the vibe of the team. Uh, if you if you want to get into psychology, the fact that the Giants passed up uh, Sam Darnold, the quarterback, and the Jets took him in the mm. same uh, stadium, and he's going to be the first rookie to start uh, opening day in almost 50 years. Um, <laughs> if you believe in subconscious uh, worrying, uh, that's not not pretty. So I'll try 110 on the Jaguars to win 100 at minus three. Okay, I never need extra motivation to root against the Giants, but uh, but I'll, I'll take it when it's offered. So I'm uh, attending a real live preseason professional football game tonight. Uh, my son and I are going to the Eagles Jets game. Uh, thank you to my next door neighbor Marv for the ticket hookup. Um, and I wanted to put some of our bankroll on this game that I'll be attending, but. Man, the Jets just settled their quarterback competition, as you just said. Uh, Neither Foles nor Wentz is playing for the Eagles. We're going to see a lot of Christian Hackenberg. This is a stay away. Um, I'm done betting preseason. Instead, for my first bet, I'll look ahead to week one of the real season, uh, just as you just did. Uh, At DK Sportsbook, there's a juicy plus 240 money line on the Houston Texans to beat the Patriots in week one. Houston has J.J. Watt back. They have Deshaun Watson back. 
they were a bad team last year, finished 4-12, and but they were respectable 3-4 and with Watson uh, before he got hurt and made the second round of the playoffs the year before that. And the Patriots don't always look great in week one. You'll recall they lost to the Chiefs in their opening game last year. Um, look, I'm not saying Houston's going to win this game. They're on the road and the Pats are the Pats, but plus 240 is too good to resist. I think plus 180 or so would be more realistic. So I'm betting $100 here to win 240. Uh, Eric, I'm going back to Brooks Kepka again, my hero uh, okay. in the PGA Tour <laughs> golf. Uh, I'm I'm really fascinated by the uh, top ten uh, pick uh, in 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 a golf tournament. Uh, now, Tiger Woods went more than five years without missing a cut, and um, people kind of maybe casual fans might think that that's not so uncommon, but it's impossible. Uh, it's astonishing how many times uh, a player like Jordan Spieth's level will miss multiple cuts per year uh, or finish way out of it. So uh, when you take a top name and you see top 10, you figure, well, isn't that guy always going to finish in the top 10? And they don't. But uh, Kepka missed the early part of the season with the uh, wrist issue. And um, he's sort of hungrier and fresher than the other golfers now. And so I'm going 200 to win 280. Uh, all I have to do is get Kepka into the top 10 out of the uh, 100 golfers of the tournament. Yeah, I like uh, you going with the top 10 bet instead of the long shot winner pick. This is certainly a, a mm. safer way to go. Uh, now, sources say you're often mistaken for Brooks Kepka due to your matching physiques. Is that true? <laughs> uh, not in about 30 years. Okay. <laughs> he is jacked for a golfer. It's uh, it's mm. kind of uh, alarming uh, when, when you get a look at the guy. Um, for the final bet of the week, I'm going back to the boxing well. Uh, it didn't work for me last time when I risked $500 to win $100 on big favorite Sergey Kovalev, and he got upset. Uh, so I'm trying a different approach this time. I'm going with a long shot, putting $100 on Alexander Povetkin at plus 1,000 to beat Anthony Joshua on September 22nd at Wembley Stadium. Povetkin's been a top five heavyweight for a solid decade now. Uh, he can box. He can punch. He's just a really solid all-around fighter. But I should note, Joshua is the best heavyweight in the world. He'd be favored over any other boxer on the planet right now. Uh, but he shouldn't be this big of a favorite against Povetkin. Sort of like my Houston Texans pick. I'm going with the math. It's a good investment, even if the most likely scenario is us losing $100 on it. 10 to 1 is just a little unrealistically wide here. So I'm jumping on it. And uh, by the way, I put real money on this bet when I was at Ocean Resort in Atlantic City a few weeks ago. Uh, so there you have it. I'm putting my real money and my real mouth where my fake money and my fake mouth are. And uh, that will do it for the bankroll segment and for the whole podcast this week. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of Gamble On. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Raskin and John at Bergen Brennan and follow U.S. Bets at U.S. underscore Bets. Check out usbets.com for all the latest news and analysis from the world of gambling and subscribe to this podcast on SoundCloud or on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. John, uh, please do the honors and take us out. Uh, yes, and remember, if you go uh, at John Brennan on Twitter, you get the former CIA guy, and that's kind of political, and uh, I don't do that. You'll get fun, happy, friendly stuff from Bergen Brennan. And lots of gifts. <laughs> that's true. And until next time, so everybody gamble on. Gamble on.